1: Live from the Fireside
2: app, it's the Stacking Benjamin Show. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug, and on this crazy holiday calendar, Joe's mom got me, it says today is National Awkward Moment Day. Funny. We're beginning our book tour, and what could be more awkward than sitting six inches from OG in this tiny, tiny room? It makes me nostalgic for the old days, you know, like a week ago, when I didn't yearn for ventilation or a stronger deodorant for uh, you-know-who. Speaking of awkward, how about this transition today to help us talk about making winning winning money moves we welcome a woman who's winning at money and medaled in both the Summer and Winter Olympic Games. It's CFP Lauren Williams. And from LenPenzo.com, we present the king of awkward moments, Larry David. Nah, he's busy yelling at someone who probably doesn't deserve it. It's just Len Penzo. Then we have a man for whom an awkward moment just stretched out into a lifestyle. OG. And now... A guy whose awkward stage lives on. It's Joe Zall. See
0: I'll admit it; I'm good with that. I'm pretty awkward. Awkward transitions, but here's something that's not awkward. Happy Friday or Frye, as we say here in the basement. You know, there's nothing less awkward than Friday. It's my favorite day of the week, and one of my favorite people on earth. Mr. OG sitting across the virtual table from me. How are you, man?
1: I am one of the favorite people on the earth. (laughs) Everyone, (laughs) not just you.
0: Everyone's favorite person. OG. Yeah. Uh, And with us, I don't know (laughs) where to go. We We can't to move on. on. I know. No more color commentary on that one, all right? Moving along. Talk about awkward. What do you do with that? That laugh you hear is the one and only Mr. Bunker himself. Len Penzo's here.
3: Yes, hello, hello,
0: hello. Happy Friday. I'm so happy that you're here with us. It feels like we were together yesterday, Len.
3: Almost. You know, it wasn't too long ago you were uh, in the bunker here. So, yes. It
0: was making pizzas, had some of Len's famous uh, homemade pizzas. It
3: was, yep. it was. I got a... to watch, I got to watch Joe drink an entire bottle of wine. And, uh, <laughs> Inadvertently. <that was> like... <laughs> Thank goodness for Uber.
0: You know, it's bad when you pour yourself another glass of wine and you go, oh, crap. Because you just finished the bottle over what six hours though? Just to defend my honor, yeah, yeah. To be fair, that's yes. Uh, And the person who might be able to drink a whole bottle of wine—I don't know because she can win medals, she can do financial planning, she's the whiz that we want to be more like. Lauren Williams is here. How are you?
4: I am wonderful, but I'm kind of worried about you and the wine consumption. This is something we talked about when I saw you in Dallas. There was There's a <laughs> did, lot of, I'm not a drug user, I don't need we, to go to AA, but also I just finished a bottle of wine. We, uh, <laughs> not me, you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know, but uh, it. I got to tell you, It has been fun going around the country and... Uh, we're doing these things at microbreweries. But, but I will tell you, Lauren, I'm not doing a lot of drinking like that night in, in Dallas. I, and for people that struggle with it, they know it's not funny. Hey, we got a great show today. We're going we're gonna to talk about not about drinking beers. We're going to talk about asymmetrical money moves. What does that even mean? Well, what it means is how do you use leverage to kind of make sure that moves are going to be more in your favor? We got all that. But first... Create a plan that fits your needs and your budget. State Farm agents are ready to help you choose personalized policies that truly understand your business. Ensure your small business with a fellow small business owner. Talk to a State Farm agent today and get started on personalized small business insurance that fits your needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Well, managing your money can be stressful because of all the work you need to do. I know it's stressful for me right now because I'm going from city to city. Not sure where I'm going to be on uh, any given day. All the stuff that comes with traveling, all the unexpected. uh, Oh, yeah, forgot that. Oh, travel took longer than I thought it was going to. That trip got canceled. Fantastic. You know, but even without that, money can be stressful. But Navy Federal Credit Union can take a lot of that legwork out of saving and investing. They offer multiple savings products and investing options to help you get closer to your financial goals. And you can put your money to work by automating your savings and investments. Plus they offer educational resources to help guide your decisions. Learn more at Navy org slash save and invest. That's Navy org slash save and invest savings products insured by NCUA investment options are available through Navy federal investment services and are not insured. NCUA. All right, we're talking about asymmetrical money moves, so let's get this party started. This uh, piece today comes to us from Banker on Fire. And you know what's funny, Lauren, is even before I get to that, I just realized that I, for people that don't know anything about you, your podcast, your financial planning work, tell everybody a little bit about what you do. I totally forgot to do that in, in the open.
4: Yes, I run a company called Worth Winning, where I help young professionals organize their finances. So those millennials, as they call us, uh, that 26 to 41, at least that's what Google says we are, that need help organizing their finances. So whether that's like, I'm ready to buy my first house. I never made a budget before. I got tons of debt. Student loan debt is killing me. Um, I'm ready to invest estate planning you name it i help figure it out and look at your full financial picture
0: man it seems overwhelming for a lot of people i mean my kids are 26 and i just can imagine today with all the apps that are out there all of the investment choices now we have crypto nfts all that like what do i do first you got to find people are pretty confused
4: i definitely find people very confused and overwhelmed when they come to me where do i start and there's so much noise TikTok, instagram you name it. Um, Not podcasts like this. Only other podcasts where they tell you a lot of junk stuff. (laughs) They come and they're like, how do I do this get rich quick scheme? That's definitely one of the problems I'm running into frequently nowadays.
0: Well, that is sad because I think a lot of that comes from TikTok and Instagram. But you know what we're going to do today? We're going to turn that on its head and we're going to give people kind of a philosophical place to start, which is creating asymmetric money moves. This comes from, as I mentioned, BankerOnFire.com. And I like this piece because, because I like this idea of thinking in bets, Mr. Penzo. I like the idea of, and, and you must do this to some degree in engineering, like uh, uh, thinking of, okay, what's our win condition? And then how do we increase our odds that th- what we're planning really comes true? Uh,
3: a little bit. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's, it's always a balance, right, in engineering. Because- between money and function and what you have to do there's, and then you have to throw the safety factor in there too but so you're right there's multiple things that you have to evaluate and you have to take those into account and and make a smart decision based on it so
0: they say in here a very basic example of a highly asymmetrical money move is upskilling yourself through part-time or full-time education. I know at one point OG you went back to school and got some more education, but it seems to me that there's also an ROI factor that you got to consider when you're making that type of move.
1: Well, with school in particular, I mean, I think any schooling, whether it's an advanced degree or or, you know, just just regular college, you have to decide whether or not the the juice is worth the squeeze, so to speak, you know, a lot of people obviously pining for the Ivy league schools and, you know, the, the benefits that come from that, but also recognize that if if you get a college degree from a state university, it's not necessarily as it's not a bad outcome, right? You don't have to go spend 40 or 50 or $80,000 a year going to the private school to have a good college outcome, a good college experience or an outcome from that, from a job standpoint. Um, So you have to be wise around your, around your uh, spending there as well.
0: It seems like to me, even as OG's talking, Lauren, that this idea of asymmetric money moves can be even more basic than that. I mean, you talked about helping people with a financial plan, right? And, and, and getting stuff organized. Like just that aspect can make your money move so much more efficient that the time you spend doing that is so valuable versus the amount of of ROI you get from. You get a huge ROI for maybe a little bit of time getting organized.
4: Oh definitely. I had a gentleman come to me last year that had quite a bit of cash on hand. And simply by telling him to invest in some ETFs, do something very, very basic, he just had analysis paralysis. He came back to me and said, You know I made fifty grand off of your advice. You're awesome. And I was like, I didn't do anything amazing. I I just told you to invest the money instead of letting it sit. Um, Yeah. So but Definitely having just invested a little bit to talk to me uh, paid off, like you said, a huge ROI. But do you find that that brings up an
0: interesting topic that I wasn't really thinking about is that I, f- I feel like sometimes people, they'll get the wrong... The, they get the wrong message. Had the market gone down then he might've gotten the message that it wasn't worth the time, which is totally wrong.
4: That is definitely a possibility. But like you said, if we go over time, you definitely get to see the ROI. And so we, we have to have those conversations and invest in education as well to say like, what is the timeline here? What are we trying to accomplish? And that, you know, puts you at ease and, and let you know, like, uh, even though the market went down immediately, we want to put this money in. Overall, I'm probably going to be in a really good place in the next few years by being in the market versus holding on to all this cash.
0: It's funny because, you know, well, Lauren, with your expertise and, and the four Olympics, see, I got it right, the four Olympics that you went to, <laughs> that when it comes to exercise, as you know, you can't stay on top of your game right? You can't stay on top of it without continuing to exercise and to, to, and to do the things to be at your peak performance. But financial, financial moves are different than that, Mr. Penzo. I feel like financial moves, you can spend 20 minutes one time and that could change the ball game forever, right? Like, you know, setting up your 401k contribution pays this ongoing return that's so asymmetric that it's crazy.
3: Yeah. I, and, and, and if you're going to bring that up for 401k of course what is the most asymmetric thing you can do on a 401k Joe if you have for, with your employer what is the most asymmetric move you can make besides signing up save What's at least the, the match exactly yeah at least the match because that is a 100% return i mean that it doesn't get any better than that so i mean that's the mat everybody can do that and you can start as you know from your first day on your new job uh, get 100% return on on that company match. To asymmetric moves,
0: OG, does this, does this apply to insurance? Like, is this an asymmetrical thing where I pay, you know, a small amount for insurance to make sure that the peace of mind is there? Like, do you think of that an asymmetrical risk reward?
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, there's, there's only one way to create an estate that there is no estate you know, there. And that's through, that's through insurance. And, and as your financial portfolio grows or as your net worth grows, that becomes less and less of an issue. But when you're, when you're young or you have, you have uh, responsibilities that are greater than what you can provide, i.e. your net worth, then, then you have to do it that way. Um, And, and there are those stories, thankfully not as many, but there are those stories of the person who, you know, had the one insurance premium and then had an accident and was able to collect on disability for a really long time or, or, you know, was, you know, was killed in an accident and they made one premium payment and their family got the million dollars. Mm. So um, uh, that's the only way that you can do that. And and until you have uh, established a large enough net worth to kind of accomplish all your family's goals beyond that. You
0: know, it seems like though this idea of protection planning, it kind of comes to all your moves. Like Lauren, when you're walking somebody through a financial plan, like how much do you talk about? Here's the downside that could happen and here's ways that we can minimize those.
4: I definitely need to talk about, you know, like you said, things cannot always go perfectly. And so while the market in general is going to go up, you know, it can also go down. <laughs> We're all experiencing a crazy gra- uh, crazy time as it relates to gas prices. There, there are a lot of things outside of our control, but we need to focus on the things that are in our control and here are the things that we are doing to, you know, stay, stay within what is in our control. And, you know, I kind of list off those things, you know, that are customized to that particular person to say, like, look at all the things we've done to optimize. And these are kind of the asymmetrical things that are going to help you get, get ahead overall, even though there are some things that we, you know, can't say or see uh, coming down the future in the pipeline.
0: Is it more effective when you're having those conversations appealing to emotion and making emotional arguments or is it statistics showing them, listen, this percentage of the time X happens, this percentage Y happens. So if you just stick with it, I'm thinking about investing since you'd brought that up earlier, that that, um, that you know, you're know you much more likely to win that way. Is it statistics? Is it emotions or is it a combination of both?
4: I would say it's a combination of both, but generally it's usually more uh, emotions It always depends on the person as well. And I think that's why financial planning needs to be customized, because what are your visions? What are your values? What things make you tick? um, And what is going to scare you to death is important. So knowing the client that's on the other end of that. um, But if it's an engineer, as an example, I frequently find that it's going to be a lot more numbers related, statistics oriented, etc., um, but definitely, finances and personal finances are a lot more emotional than um, statistic. I, I find
0: you find that the same, OG, one hundred percent. Yep. Yeah, um, it's so interesting to me how how uh, as I look back when I was a financial planner, how different it was. You're right, Lauren. Like when I would meet with with engineers, it was almost all numbers appeal to two numbers, but for the vast majority of people uh, telling them more, here's the emotions you're going to feel and kind of previewing it. Right. Like to some degree, do you feel like a weatherman G
1: that I'm, um, that I'm, um, you know, Oh, damned if you do, damned if you don't? Well, no, no that you're kind of previewing. <laughs> what, do you, what do you
0: mean? Here's the storms that are coming. Here's what it'll probably look like. This is what the downside could be so that so that we avoid uh, wrecking our financial plan.
1: Well, I think that part of part of being a great advisor, whether it's financial advisor or medical advisor or healthcare, you know, health coach or whatever, is having gone down that path a number of times. And you can share that expertise or that experience anyway with with the uh, the people that are on the journey for the first time. You know, I, I don't think that our job is to tell you how to do everything exactly the same way every time, because, like Lauren said, financial planning is customizable and it's and it's unique to you as a person. But but we do know, having gone down that road two hundred times, that here's the areas where there might be some pitfalls, you know, or here's some decisions that people make. That in retrospect they wish they wouldn't have, and so I think our job is more of a, of a guide along the way, um, a, a little bit of foreshadowing for sure.
3: Yeah, but don't weathermen have it so great? I mean, nobody holds them to account. I mean, they can be wrong half the time, and doesn't matter. You know,
4: <laughs> they can <laughs> the be wrong ninety percent ad- of the time, yeah, and it doesn't. But a financial
3: crazy. advisor, you know, OG, if you're wrong, you know. It, probably more than 10 or 20 percent, people are going to just totally lose faith. So it's much tougher, much, much tougher for you. Thank you for that. You're, I think, you're I think
1: your job is equally as difficult, Len, since we're doing the pat each other on the uh, back part.
3: Okay.
1: Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for your job and also for not screwing up your job because that would also have very Yes, bad that outcomes. would have very bad outcomes. Yes, you're right. For everyone. <laughs>
0: Is that Doug clearing his throat in the background? Are we supposed to be putting him in on the love, too? Is
1: that oh, the Oh, and Doug's job is really tough, too, guys. Let's not forget Doug. His job is probably the hardest one of them all.
2: I'm, I'm sorry. Something went down the wrong, too. But what were we talking about?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice, nice,
0: nice work. Uh, that's going to do it for the first half where we're a little philosophical about this. We're going to now talk about some financial slam dunks. What are those asymmetric money moves that our panel and maybe a few of the people hanging out with us here on Fireside think are some of the easy ones where the win condition is so great the chance of loss is so little that you should definitely be making those we'll ask about those and more but first i think it's going to be time for us to do our trivia competition it's a year long competition on fridays between our three contributors len og and paula pant and lauren today you are playing the part of paula pant and that means we have some good news and some bad news lauren you want the good news first or the bad news
4: I feel like the good news is I'm going to help her win. And the bad news is that we're way behind. (laughs) Well, for
0: for once, you're not way behind. Uh, Until last week, you were actually in second. Now you're tied for second. OG pulled into a tie. So Len has four. You have three. And OG has three. And because OG finished better than you did uh, last year, he will go before you. So you get to guess last, which is also uh, fantastic, but even more fantastic.
3: Yeah, Lauren, That I hate to, but still, Lauren, you're still tied for last. Second is last.
4: <laughs> Never fear. I am a winner. And <laughs> you guys about- know how good I am at trivia because I just won recently in Dallas.
0: I know. I know. She was, <laughs> She's the MC of the event and wins the trivia. And boy, that was awkward, Doug.
4: Yeah,
2: that happened to us twice in Texas. Yes.
0: Sharita Humphrey did the same thing. Yeah. And so it was very fun. When your MC wins the trivia, you're like, yeah, it looks like we totally cooked that. Yeah. And people but, are going to start seeing a pattern. Hey, we just work with smart people, right, Lauren? We just surround <laughs> ourselves with smart people.
4: Incredibly smart. Yeah. In fact, I think I might be clairvoyant because I just wrote a number down. I didn't even know what the question was.
0: <laughs> well, let's see if you can do that again right now. Doug, here we go.
2: They' stackers. I'm Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. You know when you're like in that awkward situation of suffering from sitting next to someone, someone real, real close and they have no idea that they're making you suffer? <sighs> oh gee, no, oh gee, Don't look at me like that. I'm not talking about you. It's not always about you. Anyway, on a completely unrelated topic, the best selling deodorant in the world happens to be Old Spice. Though I'm having my doubts that any of their customers are sitting in this room right now. My question is <laughs> what year did Old Spice hit the market? I'll be back with the answer after I go look for a bouquet of flowers or maybe some Febreze or <laughs> God, like a rag soaked in chloroform, anything. <laughs> <laughs> Uh,
0: so uh old spice is what we're talking about today that that company stacks and benjamins right had some fantastic advertising mr penzo you get to go first my friend uh
3: which means i have to I, i get to i have to talk out and give hints to everybody let's see i do remember those commercials when i was pretty small so it's been around a while uh Gosh, was I don't know how long it was before I was born. I don't know. I'm gonna guess Old Spice. That old sailor, he was pretty old. Let's see, did pirates wear Old Spice? (laughs) (laughs) Does anybody hear that noise? (laughs) I have no freaking clue at all. I'm gonna say 1952.
0: Nineteen fifty two, Mr. OG, what are you thinking? Is that early or is that late?
1: Well, I can distinctly remember my dad wearing Old Spice Cologne. So um, you know, wait a so. minute. Was the question de-
3: cologne or deodorant?
1: It was it oh, was it de- was de- deodorant. Yeah.
3: Deodorant. When wait, wait, a a de- wait, hold on, hold on, hold you on. You don't pay attention. Your wait, answer the- is locked in. Wait, no, you the question was when it. was the question was when was old spice deodorant started? I thought it was old spice period. The company. Sorry, oh, bro. Let's go back. What do we got here, Doug? Is it deodorant or the company?
2: It's when did Old Spice hit the market?
3: Yep. Old Spice deodorant and, or and Old it Spice is cologne? It is, it is Old Spice deodorant. It was their okay, first well, then product. I re- I, then I want to first product. my Then I definitely want to... Oh, boy. Oh, re- it was their first product? This is this is yes. this uh
1: filing under protest.
4: Right. Oh, hold what on do you now. do when Throw someone the when the
1: competition happens and you disagree with the judges? <laughs> it's a false <laughs>
4: start. It is it's running under protest. You got this it. Is,
1: this is this is I'm my 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 hands are up. I'm on the starting line <laughs> and this dude's like, Oh, I don't want to do over. It's like sorry, bro.
2: Somebody gun already sounded twice, and I thought it was a gun. Oh I
1: think yeah. we do have
0: 1952
1: because you, said- you assumed,
0: Len, that it was the oldest product, and and it is the oldest product. So,
3: oh well, then I'm totally off. Okay, fine. 1952. Why, why do you think it's earlier or later? He probably nailed it. Well, I'm not going to say now because
4: because, <laughs> yeah.
3: because I'm, I'm going to lose – But OG's going to be all over me either way now, so I'll no, tell I'm you sure after this. My,
1: my luck is he's pinned it right on the number, and I, was, I shut my mouth. He'd have he changed it, and I'd be right. Uh, so back to me, who uh, this show is mostly about. Um, I'm going to say that um, Old Spice – you know, it's pretty old. So I'm going to say slightly older than 1952. Grandpa wore it 1936,
4: 1936. 1936. Well, Lauren. Ooh. <laughs> oh, gee. I, I was in the 30s as well. But now that you're in the 30s, I'm maybe like, I should leave the 30s. Is OG smart or is he not so smart? I was just also thinking about my grandma who turned 90 in, oh, yeah, 1930s. Nice. So, not 2020 when all the craziness was going on. So, she's a little bit older. Um, but definitely there being conversations about that. So, I think somewhere in the 30s. You,
0: you would have conversations about Old Spice? You and grandma? Yes, my grandma
4: talked about all kinds of weird <laughs> things. Yeah. So.
0: You know, Lauren, just remember the Old Spice.
4: I mean, it's old. Like, it has the word old in it. So, like, yeah. if it was old when it came out, it has to be, like, really old. You're supposed old.
3: to say manly, yes, but I like it, too. <laughs>
4: right? Um, all right. OG 1936. That's... Oh, gosh. So I could either go earlier. But is it the closest person it is, wins? It's then?
0: it's the closest person wins. So, yeah. Without going over? No, no. I, no, you can go over now. Yeah, you can go over. It's just closest person.
4: Well, I'm going to go... Oh man, if I'm one ahead of it, well, if it's if it's like 1935, it's I think it's in the 30s. I feel like my grandma is like speaking to me right now. Uh, I'm gonna go. Is there like can I go 1936.5? <laughs> well, you could.
0: No, you could, you'd have to go 37. I'm gonna go 1938.
4: 1938. So if it's 37, we're both like one, one away from it. Like I'm evening the playing field. And we're going to have to do a tiebreaker.
3: Yeah. See, I'll just pick the winner. Yes. Yeah, yeah. so,
0: so Lauren's got 1938. OG's got 1936. Len's got 1952. We'd love to tell you who's right, but we don't play that way. We're going to give you a little time to think about it. Well, you know what I think about Navy federal? I think about the veterans that have done so much for our country, And you kicked it off in 1952, so now that everybody's locked, were you thinking it was earlier as well?
3: No, I thought, well, here's what I thought. Okay, I'll, I'll admit it. I thought the first thing was cologne, because I don't remember Old Spice deodorant until, like, the 80s, which oh. is, I, don't, I mean, that's, and I, so if, I was going to say in the 80s, but, but then you said, oh, no, that's the first thing. So I said, okay, I'll stick with my 52. I don't know. I'm probably wrong. 52.
0: Well, there's, so you're not feeling confident is Damn what you're saying not at, not at all uh uh OG 1936 feeling pretty good no clue Lauren how about you you've got grandma on your side
4: I got grandma on my side and like I just like competing against OG so <laughs> I hope that we're somewhere in the range it's probably what I, am I I'm chopped feel like liver OG? Lauren am I chopped liver <laughs> I mean not chopped liver at all 50s <laughs> It just didn't happen in the fifties. That was way too late. That's that's all I got.
0: Well, we well we're about to find Probably out if that's a correct statement or not, Doug. Let's uh, let's figure this out.
2: Hey there, stackers. I'm suffering olfactory nerve owner and lonely daily bather. Joe's mom's neighbor, Doug. <laughs> According to historyofbranding.com, Old Spice was originally called Early American Old Spice, and it was meant for women. The men's product came out a year later. So what year did the original Old Spice come out? A very controversial 1937, and that means we have a tie. (laughs) You gotta be kidding me. (laughs) I don't know why you wouldn't have said 1937.
0: I was like, why is she saying thirty-eight?
4: <laughs> she could have said well, 37. Well, because it was like thirty-six, and I went and if it feels like, well, if it's one under thirty-five, like, I don't know, then I'll be further away. So I was like, is it like, uh, like yeah, I definitely would have picked thirty seven. <laughs> For the first time ever, we're wording half
0: a point. To I was OG thinking we've got to do a half a point. Don't yeah, we, we gotta do half a point. Yeah.
4: If to, you would have, you let me pick nineteen thirty six point five, like well, that that's why I, I thought won.
0: you were going to say 37 then. I'm like, no, he's got 36. You'd have to take 37, I think is my exact word.
4: <laughs> but my grandma, it was a women's product, so maybe she really was speaking to me to help me out here. Maybe maybe she
0: was, but congratulations to you and OG. And Len, you're right. You were off by, uh, well, a couple decades.
3: Yeah, well, that's the way it goes.
0: That is the way it goes. And on to next week with our first tie ever. Let's get back to our discussion on asymmetric money moves. This comes to us again from Baker on Fire. And how do you make moves with a big percentage chance that you win? Small moves, small chances that you lose. How do you use leverage? And leverage not in terms of debt, but leverage in a way that you're leveraging the chance that you win. So we talked a little bit about education. We talked about insurance. We talked about a few things. But what are those? We're going to now dive into those a little more. Today's more tactical part of this discussion is brought to you by Magnify Money. Doug, you know what happens when you go to com slash money.
2: Ah, uh, they separate all, all the blue M&Ms for me because those are gross. They,
0: they, they do not, unfortunately, but they do one better. They make sure that that savings account you're using, that checking account you're using is best in class. StackingBenjamins.com slash magnifymoney. Go check it out. They rank over 92% of the personal finance products out there that you find at brick-and-mortar banks. And, uh, well, you'll find that yours probably isn't best, which means you'll have extra money to pay somebody to take out the blue M&Ms or afford the time. To take out the blue M and M's, you know one thing that we didn't talk about uh, before we get into the slam dunks is the fact that you don't want to be on the other side of an asymmetric move. In other words, you don't want to be the person left. And I and I wonder, Len, as, as you look at something like NFTs, right? And I'm not talking about blockchain and the efficacy of proving ownership through the blockchain. I'm talking about buying an eight bit tree piece of art. You could you could very easily be on the wrong side of this asymmetric money move.
3: Yeah, you know what happens. So those are investments with high risk, but with high risk comes high reward. And I probably should have said those are high reward, but with high reward comes high risk. And a lot of those things those come down to timing. Yeah, timing. And usually, most people when they when they get a great stock tip, it's too late. The real advantage to a, these kind of high risk investments is you got to be. One of the first people on board, those are the people that tend to make money. So my rule of thumb with those things when I get a stock tip it 's too late. If you read about it in the in the uh, on the net or or a friend of yours says hey here 's a stock it 's usually too late for you, so be careful on those kind of investments yeah,
0: and you know even getting back to nfts, if you know what 's going on with this particular nft and kind of the history of it, you can also try to you can leverage that move by knowing. Knowing just, just a little bit more can prove to make sure that you don't get yourself in a world of hurt. The last one paying $8,000 for something that, that nobody's going to want 10 days from now. Uh, Let's dive into your slam dunks. Lauren, what's a, what's a slam dunk money move that everybody should make? That's low risk, high reward.
4: Ooh, I would say paying off high interest debt. Um, something that is usually avoided or, uh, there's a lot of like negative, like, ah, I don't know. Should I save first, should I pay off debt? I think you should do both, but paying off that high interest debt, those double digit credit cards, those medical, um, you know, cares cards that things like that would be a slam dunk. Why
0: do people have so much trouble paying off high interest debt. We're clearly getting something wrong because, you know, you look at the numbers and there's more and more and more debt every year that people are piling up. Where where are we making the mistake?
4: I think it's emotional. Um, It's the I work really hard and I'm not able to organize my finances in such a way that I'm able to do the things that I want. And so I deserve this. I deserve, you know, fill in the blank, that vacation that I don't have the money for right now. And it's causing people to say, like, hey, I'll worry about this debt later and then also, like you said, we, we we talked about the schemes, the hacks, the the TikToks where people are saying, Don't worry about it. Just let it go for seven years and everything will be fine. I know. Um, right. Right. Bad advice.
0: Horrible. Yeah. Surround yourself with good people that know you. It would be, I think, a slam dunk. Mm-hmm. Mr. OG, what's your can't lose asymmetric move that everybody should make?
1: Well, I would just add to the debt thing, I think. Um, on on average, actually, we've done better at our debt, um, much to bankers' chagrin's over the past ten uh, ish years or so. But it still represents a large, large amount of uh, balance sheet for for a uh, average family. I think the 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 cool thing right now is definitely HSA accounts, or I guess HSAs. Because you would say accounts twice if they said HSA accounts, and that would be silly. <laughs> HSA account um, account. The HSA account account. The health savings account account. Like when people say, "Can I get my EIN number? Your employer identification number number." <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> one of those things. But um, you know, Len got the easy one with the four hundred one k match. Lauren came in with a also another easy one with the uh, debt payoff. And what I what I mean by easy is. If you do those two things, that's ninety five percent of the battle, right there, you know. And and you know these last little things, I think that we come up with are just our icing on the cake. So if you're doing the four hundred one k thing that Len was talking about, kind of in the prior section, and you're getting your debt paid off, um, my favorite thing is uh, HSA after that.
0: Yeah, and uh, and as we said on a recent show, if you don't have an HSA available, no reason to get FOMO because you probably have good health insurance outside yeah, of that. Absolutely, yeah. Yep. Um, but but if you do have it available, uh, look into taking advantage of it. Len, you know what that four hundred one k one you did, you did in the first half of the show, so that doesn't count. Big, <laughs> you got. I want you Darn to come, <laughs> want you to come up with another one. Uh, what's uh, a what's okay. a can't lose money move?
3: Well, let's see. I uh, mm, well, how about maybe paying can your t- mortgage? Yeah. Paying it, off your mortgage early, I would say oh. if you'd wanted to do that, maybe throw a few extra dollars, especially if you have, have a you know, a higher interest rate, uh, you know, that's that's a guaranteed return. Another guaranteed return on your money. That equivalent to essentially equivalent to your interest rate on your mortgage.
0: But so. it's funny when we look at that, if we're talking about asymmetric risk, Lauren, is, is the risk that you're putting money into something that's at a, let's say that it's quote high, like Len's talking about, like five or 6% even on your mortgage, but versus the stock market, is it better to slow play your mortgage?
4: Oh, this is such a good question. And I was actually going to call in on BS because we did a podcast a while back where I shared that I had paid off my mortgage and you were like, "Mm, go get that money back and go put it in the market because I was just going to get, I was just going
1: to ask the same thing. I was thinking about my (laughs) my wife and I were talking about this at breakfast today, said, Hey, what do you think about having this big goal this year, paying the, paying the house off? And we kind of hemmed and hawed on it. And I go, well, the other thing we could do. Is refinance it all and just max that baby out because the house ain't gonna be worth any more money than it is today. <laughs> so,
3: let's hey, and and let me just say, I don't. You're right, Lauren. I, I don't advocate at this stage paying off the mortgage early myself, but uh, it is a way to, you know, if it's, you know, it's easy pickings. It's easy pickings. But, so but your vote, Len, would be to max out the mortgage. and and, and if, hey and if it, the market is going down and if you expect the market to be an extended bear market for a year or two. Hey, why not? Instead of throwing the money into stocks now while the, you know, trying to catch a falling knife, go ahead. Then it does make sense to to throw an extra, you know, a little extra money into paying off your mortgage. I mean, in a bull market, no. I I think there's a win with paying
0: off your mortgage that has nothing to do with money. You know, when we talked to Wes Moss about this in his new book, What the Happiest Retirees Know, he talked about how retirees are happier. A lot of them have the money to be able to slow play the mortgage, but not having debt gives you this freedom from worry so you don't have to think about it. That's
3: true. But you know what else? And Joe,
4: you bring up a really good point. I think that's exactly the reason that I just chose to do it. It's all about risk tolerance. So, you know, there's no one way to kind of skin a cat or no one right answer as it pertains to a lot of these money moves we're talking about. But for me, it was like at any point I can go get a job at a, a minimum wage place and cover my property taxes and my insurance. So it gave me so much freedom to say, OK, I have a roof over my head, which is one of the basic necessities of life. Um, now, what else do I want to tackle? versus, yeah, I could go get the money out and do other things and make more, but mm, I, I like having that feeling of knowing I can go home every night and this place is not going to be taken away from me.
0: Yeah, I think that is is just so comforting for so many people. The cool thing is, is we're doing this live on Fireside. If you want to hang out with us, normally we are recording on Mondays at 5 p.m. Uh, Eastern time, but our brilliant writer, Paulette Perhatch, is here with us, and it sounds like she's frying something. <laughs> as she's, uh, as she's talking t- me. to us, sorry. I let you hang there as we went through that. But, but you you were talking about, this is interesting, negotiating, you wrote, is something that, uh, that could be asymmetrical. Well, what do you mean by that?
5: Yeah, I mean, usually the only risk is our fear that people are going to say no. And one of my big lessons in this was when I was desperate for a job after Peace Corps. I was like waitressing three days a week and needed a real job. I got an offer and my partner at the time, I was like, I think I'm going to negotiate because I've been reading all these books. And he's like, I don't know. You really need this job. Um, and I was like, no, I'm going to do it. And so <laughs> I asked for 5000 more, but they offered to give me um, commission instead. And that was a $100,000 difference over three years. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Nice.
0: Well and, I love, well, and I love this idea that fear is really the only thing in our way. And I have to imagine, Lauren, I'm going to turn to you because, you know, just having dove into a little bit, dove, dived, me dived, I don't know, uh, do, <laughs> dove into your background. I would think that when you had sponsors, when you were an athlete, you were in a lot of negotiations, I would think, and there had to be some significant fear being in these negotiations.
4: Especially because it was a short-term sort of setup. So, you know, you get five years at X dollars. And if you win the World Championships, break the record and do X thing, then you get a million dollars. But if you just win, you only get five dollars. And you're just like, wait a minute, this this doesn't add up very well. (laughs) Um, So there's a lot of negotiation back and forth. But it also was based on, like, what do you think you can do? Because um, ultimately, those negotiations are going to be tied to your performance. So you need to show up and provide that value or, you know, create that meet that criteria so that you can, in fact, you know, get the best out of that negotiating opportunity. But like Paulette
0: talked about, did you ever push back and say, hey, let's make this a little easier on me to reach this hurdle?
4: Oh, definitely pushback. One of the biggest things that I'm known for in the sport is uh, my second contract had what we call no reductions in it. And so, reductions are if you're not in the top five in the world or top ten in the world, then you get reduced. You know, maybe twenty five percent. Your contract goes down by, and it's a huge deal. You know, you get injured and you're one of the best athletes, um, and now you're you find yourself at fifty percent of your salary. It's a, it's a lot harder to organize things. You know therapy to get better and stuff like that. So I negotiated a no reduction contract, which meant for the whole four years, they couldn't reduce me from where I was, but I had lots of things, incentives to
3: make it go up.
0: Len, uh, of, working for let me, the. let me
3: throw in one, let me throw in an asymmetric. Well, it's un- funny cause I was, though, I was coming to you anyway. Yeah. You, yeah. But because I have, I have a story that I sabotaged myself, asymmetric in reverse, um, in negotiating <laughs> when I bought my latest house here, Money was tight and I needed a the irrigation system in my yard. I over negotiated and uh I took the very lowest, I really lowballed this one guy and he accepted, but he put in substandard equipment and I for the next ten years I was paying for it redigging up my yard to to mm-hmm. dig up all the pipes that he had laid, the cheap pipes that I in a way I forced him into by negotiating way too low so you got to be careful there in reverse
0: oh gee do you have any negotiating
1: tips Uh,
3: i I don't negotiate ever
1: like whatever somebody says i take because i think hopefully your employees aren't listening to this (laughs) Uh, well no (laughs) no i mean i i do i don't i don't make insulting offers so so i don't have to do that but i was thinking about you know lens example um you know, we have a project going on around in the house right now, and involves a number of tradespeople. And and you know, and they're you know, they they come in to bid a project, right? They're already thinking, I've got to come in here with a number that's reasonable, and and but it gives me a little bit of profit. And I think we, can, you know, what I mean? Like, and they're small business guys, right? So they're and gals, so they're so they're you know, they're already struggling generally speaking compared to like the big giant companies and um and so no if the painter said here's how much i think it's going to cost i just assume that he made a fair offer and off we went. You so, know the, 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 the,
3: the one where you're susceptible to what I, the mistake I made is when you get a contractor who's just starting out and he's desperate for work. Oh and yeah. He will, well, you lo- can, he will accept what, you know, what you're offering, but he, he's going to compensate naturally on his end too. So course. he still makes a buck. So that's where I think the the established contractors, they'll just tell you to get bent. You know, you, you <laughs> well nowadays for you know, sure. Yeah. You know, they'll just walk away from you.
1: But I tend not to do too much of that.
2: You know, uh, Joe, I don't know if this is a slam dunk or not, but thinking about what what Lauren, uh, the story Lauren told about no reductions. I had a contractor once where I offered incentives. I said, you know, not only, OG, did I take what they proposed, but I said, I'll pay you X more. Oh, I've done that. If you get it done in a certain amount of time. And that, it turned out financially better for me to have the project done sooner. For you know, long list of reasons, but um, there are times when it it seems counterintuitive. But paying more um, and and,
1: and in advance, good one, Dougie. Yeah. yeah, and in advance. Yep, we had the same same situation. There was a project that we wanted done before the holidays, and and the guy said, "I can't. There's no way I can get it done." And here's how much I think it'll be. And I said, "No problem. Here's here's the money." And he said, oh, I haven't done anything yet." And I said, "I know, but it's okay." And he called two days later and said, "Well, I had an opening." So weird. How that works. Paula, as a yeah. professional writer, you're
0: in a, a lot of negotiations and you brought up this topic, obviously that we latched onto about the fear of asking for more. How do you get around the fear of asking for more?
5: I literally just, I, sometimes I literally grip my muscles when I'm saying it and I'm like, like I'm like flinching. Yeah. Um, and I, but I put on the most confident voice I possibly can. And, you know, I've never had it to a point where that I lost the work for quoting a really high rate. Usually we come down, you know, we might come down or they might just say, yeah, that sounds good. I mean, I had one contract where I added $10,000 literally at the last second and I got no pushback. So who knows? I maybe should have gone for more, but just that last second of changing a digit. Right. And I was, you know,
0: that you were so afraid to back. do too, I bet.
5: Yeah, Totally. Um, because we have a scarcity mentality, um, especially in the creative arts. And so I think just feeling that fear, but also being drawn by what's on the other side of it. Hey, what if I got paid really well for what I do? Yeah. And so focusing on the possibility rather than the fear and, and knowing that I think, especially now that I'm been in my career for such a long time. It's like i worked really hard and I made crap money for a long time. So now I'm ready to make good money and I deserve it.
0: Yeah. I think that's a great place for us, for us to leave this because this is a wonderful asymmetric move negotiating because of the fact that you're already at no. So there's Mm -hmm. nearly no downside, uh, nearly no downside at all. All right. That's going to do it for today's episode. And what, what great lessons thinking in terms of asymmetric risk. I really like that. Uh, we're going to let our guest of honor, Lauren Williams, go last to tell us what she's got going on at Worth Winning and her podcast, Worth Listening. Mr. Penzo, let's have you kick it off. What's going on at LenPenzo.com?
3: Uh, you know, I, I really, I don't know. So I'll just say, you know, we always have on Saturdays, we have our uh, weekly, what I call my black coffee, where we talk uh, macroeconomics. Uh, that's always fun. It's a fun little thing. And then just the other thing at uh, LenPenzo.com, I have maybe not. People don't know about. I've always enjoyed talking to older folks, you know, uh, octogenarians and and nonagenarians, ninety year olds, eighty year olds, and I've had uh, the fortune, the good fortune. I had my old, my aunt Doris, who passed away at ninety five. Uh, she wrote a, a twelve little articles about life that I have on my website that are just fantastic, She's done with great personality. And then uh, now, lately, the past few years, I've had a ninety year old. Uh, his name's Dave. Blakely R.D. Blakely and he's put together about 90 uh little vignettes of just life's lessons and it's just kind of neat neat stuff if you ever want to get some wisdom from some people who have come before us and have learned a lot uh, stop by limpenzo.com it's at the top of my website called grandfather says or just aunt doris
0: that's fabulous those there's so many lessons that I feel like when people pass away we don't we don't capture that that a lot of that stuff so the yeah, fact you, that they it's amazing
3: those. with these with these uh, oldsters you know the wisdom that they have and you know so it's great
0: that's good stuff that's at com.
1: oh gee what you got
0: ha- happening boy what you got happening this weekend
1: <laughs> any, i any can't big plans? come remotely close to topping that i know um, right <laughs> so Can I, go? I did not interview octogenarians and get uh wisdom uh, at all. So, um, I have nothing going on this weekend. It's spring break week coming up for the kiddos. So, um, a little bit of that, but, um, yeah, nothing really exciting going Those on. Those are here. my favorite
0: weekends. Lauren, thanks a ton for hanging out with us again. It's always a great time when you're here and, uh, congratulations on negotiating our first tie.
4: Woohoo! I told you I wouldn't let you down, Paula. <laughs> <laughs> now
0: you did have a time though. You and I were talking, you had a time. Was it was it in the Worlds or was it in the Olympics? I think it was in the Worlds that you had a tie, right?
4: Oh boy, lots of ties. 2006 and 2007 were very contentious losses for me. And it's all on the lean and and like
0: where your shoulder is, which is also what constitutes a shoulder
4: exactly especially if your arm is up and it's all connected so yeah who knows
0: but anyway didn't mean to bring you back there to the dark (laughs) spot
4: i'm not bitter at all
0: yes but let's talk about happier things number one how can people find you and tell us what's happening on the podcast and with your practice
4: Yes, you can find me at worth-winning.com. People hate the dash, but I really like it. Or Lauren-Williams, if you want to learn more about the Olympic stuff. Uh, And the biggest thing I've got going on is- I think the dash,
0: the dash, not to cut you up, but the dash goes with you. 100-yard dash. I was just going to say that. Yes.
4: Exactly. I'm here for the dash. It's really cool. Love the dash. You got to love the dash,
0: right? (laughs) Embrace the dash. Anyway,
4: yes. (laughs) Worth-winning, Lauren-Williams. Either one, you you'll find me, and then I am getting ready to announce the location for my second financial retreat, which is happening in June. So that is where we get together and talk about all things money. You get yourself organized, you get yourself educated, you do it at a cool place, you feel relaxed. We have a private chef, um, so yeah, it's something kind of outside the box. That people are like, "What financial retreats? That's never going to work, Lauren." Well, got news for you, it's working.
0: Oh, that's fabulous. Uh,
4: Yes. And then I also have the millionaire series running on my podcast right now. So which is really good. Everyday millionaires, really cool stories. Uh, the first one was a single mom who never made six figures. And so I want to challenge people to think outside the box as they you know, make their financial goals.
0: That's fantastic. And it's worth-winning.com and the podcast is worth listening and it's a lot of fun. And well, you can tell Lauren might enjoy what she does just slightly. <laughs> might, might <enjoy laughs> just, just a lot of bit. Just a little bit. Yeah. All right, Doug, you've got it from here, man. Finish this off. What should we have learned today?
2: Well, Joe first, You need to examine the risk and reward of every money move you make so you can focus on enhancing your ability to win and minimize your chances of losing. Second, don't be afraid to make asymmetrical money decisions based on what makes you feel right, not necessarily what the conventional wisdom says. But the big lesson... Not everyone can be a winner, at least in the Olympics, but seeing what an amazing person Lauren is, I should have stuck with the golf lessons like Joe's mom told me to. Maybe then I could have been an Olympian. Thanks to Lauren Williams for joining us today. You can find Lauren's podcast worth listening wherever finer podcasts are found thanks to len penzo for joining us today you can find len at lenpenzo.com slash octogenarian fanboy thanks to og for joining us and that we're just about done sitting in this room extra close together are you in charge of messaging and the messages and not getting out well guess what if better writing helps your career we've got the answer Our writer, Paulette Perhatch, works with small groups of people to help make their emails clear, their blog posts shine, and even their presentations. Thanks also to our team who made today possible. Karen Repine is our producer. Tina Eichenberg and Gertrude Smith are our social media mavens. And Brooke Miller handles the show notes and our amazing newsletter, The 201. Not only should you not take advice from these dorks, don't take advice from people you don't know. This show is for entertainment purposes only. Before making any financial decisions, speak with a real financial advisor. That's it for today. We'll see you back here on Monday on Stacking Benjamins.
3: Your internet connection leaves a little to be desired today, Joe. Oh, good. I was thinking that was me. Yeah.
4: <laughs> Definitely was changing my headphones. Like, oh no, these are the bad headphones. But it's you, Joe, not us.
1: It is 100%, Joe. Fantastic. Well, you know what? We
0: will Seven. start this over. Hold Seven. on a second. Great day. I'm going to see if the Wi Fi here is horrible, which is amazing. I'm in the second biggest city on Earth right now at non Earth.
3: Joe, you didn't sprout for the premium. Hotel Wi-Fi? They don't
0: have one. I totally would have. <laughs> oh, the wi- I'm not on the Wi-Fi.
2: And but your audio just got a lot better. All yeah, the whatever
1: side. you did is way better.
0: But yeah, but that's the problem. I did nothing, and it goes in and out. Wow.
2: Yeah. And by the way, wherever you are is not the second largest city on Earth. But, uh, but, but in the in the, the, the trivia <laughs> guy, I felt <laughs> like it was my job to in the, correct that. In the in wrong the,
0: in the United States. Oh, my. Just the amount of time it took to connect to the Wi-Fi is incredible. All right. Now I'm connected to Wi-Fi. I don't know if this is now going to change everything for us or not. Does it sound any better? Did I just lose everybody? Welcome to Recording on the Road. I'll be your host, Joe Salci. Hi. Uh,
3: 30.5
2: million. Oh
3: wow! Get I would have that. never guessed yeah. that.
2: Tokyo Yokohama number one at thirty seven point eight million. That's amazing.
3: Well, used to you know in the old it was Shanghai many 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 years. Shanghai's ago. Shanghai's at number six on the list I'm looking
2: at at twenty
0: three point right. four. Well, Beijing
2: it ter- at number eight.
0: It, it it turns out hooking up on the hotel internet is not the solution that we're looking for. So oh, good, Joe's back. Yes. Does this sound good or not? At the moment, yeah, it sound,
1: sounds great. Yeah. All right. We were well, just talking about the largest. Uh, what is the largest, largest city on earth? <laughs> I, have this, your mom. Uh, I, I have this. Mom, I have your mom. Uh, I have this thing from the Economist, the Pocket World in Figures, and I was gonna. It's from 2020, so I was gonna look and see if. It,
2: That's newer than what I'm looking at.
1: I'm gonna see if. Uh, uh biggest cities as of uh, 2017. So um Tokyo, then Delhi, then Shanghai, then Mexico uh, City.
2: Ah, uh, okay.
1: Um, Which Delhi? Which uh, Delhi?
2: The corner
5: Delhi, the one down the street
0: on 83rd or is it, Street. <laughs>
3: is it is it uh is it Tony's Delhi down there or is it Yes. No. Nope.
1: <laughs> Neither of those. Sao Paulo so, is over 5
3: all right, so if
0: I go in and out, I can hear you guys fine. So for the audio that, that I'm recording, <laughs> we go. there
1: it goes yeah, <laughs> and it's gone. And it's gone
0: for the audio that I'm recording. I can hear you fine, and if you guys can uh, stumble through my stuff,
3: <laughs> you sound like you're on Quaaludes. <laughs> <laughs> if you
1: guys keep on talking, all right. Uh-huh.
0: You know, I think we need to just find another time because this isn't going to get better. There's no way. And I know, Lauren, that, that, we're, that finding- we're not making this easy <laughs> on you, is it? It's great.
4: I mean, you're not the host of the show or anything. We can totally carry you. <laughs> I know. Well, the thing is, on my
0: on, side, Lauren. on my side where I'm recording it, you guys all sound great. So if you can struggle with uh, me sounding like i I barely showing up, I mean, we can do it. But if but
1: if not, then just it's...
3: I, it's fine with me. There'll just be a lot of cuts, right? Because if I can't, you know, if you, sometimes you cut out, we'll just have to say, what did you say? Or you have to repeat or whatever. So that's post. Right. You can fix it in post. Fix yeah. it in
1: post.
2: Fuck it. We'll do it live. <laughs>
0: there
4: it <he> is. <laughs>
3: <laughs> or uh, Lauren,
2: what does your Thursday look like?
4: <laughs> Terrible.
0: Good deal. Same um, as you.
2: If honestly, Joe, if you can piece together good audio from this, I say let's
1: just roll. Yeah, because I because
0: I can hear everybody fine here. So and I'll second the motion. Okay. All right, let's do this. All right, we were at uh, uh, three, two, one. Uh, crap! I don't even remember where we where we. I called think I ha-
2: just introduced you. I think I just yeah. said yes. No, so I'll see okay,
0: you. I'm just going to start there. Three, two, one. And I'll admit it, I am, uh, oh, I did say, I am awkward. I did that piece. I'm awkward, awkward said uh, awkward whatever, da, da da Well, stackers, the show might be over, but the celebrations are just beginning because it is Military Appreciation Month and I want to celebrate people like my brother-in-law, Eric, who is such a giving person. Eric will do just anything for you. And as a Marine, you can see that his time in the military taught him to be... of their military appreciation month offers and other Navy Federal offers Navy Federal's insured by NCUA equal housing lender